Hello and welcome to the We Might Be Biased podcast, wherein we struggle to talk about Rutgers all that long uh, and uh, get get wildly off topic. So, hi Scott, hi David, how are you? Doing great, Mastin. Another uh, another fun week. Uh, you know, it, it sounds silly to say it, but it almost felt like a bye week. But you know, here we are, <laughs> doing well, sports. Doing well at sports. Uh, you know, it, I, I think I read I read somewhere uh, over the last four weeks, Michigan basketball and football have played uh, top twenty five teams, and in each of those meetings have won by an average of twenty five points. And uh, by the way, three of those were in football. So, you know, <laughs> it's a pretty pretty good time to be uh, to to be uh, a Michigan fan. And uh, we haven't been able to say that for a while. So, um, so this has been this has been a lot of fun. Uh, any glaring uh, anything glaring coming from from Rutgers that you want to talk about? I know uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the long plays given up on defense. Uh, but uh, what 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 do you guys have? Gen- any general thoughts on Rutgers? Um. Uh. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's about uh, how we started the game yeah, off, right I, there. I, I mean, so. I, it doesn't sound like any of the injuries are are too severe. I guess we still don't know about Levert Hill. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, I believe he's still in concussion protocol. Okay, but it didn't, at least it didn't seem like that was a long-term thing. Um, and that was probably the biggest thing to get out of there uh, doing. And, uh, you know, the idea that you still won by 35 points or whatever. Uh, pretty good. Uh, I'm, I was, I was uh, you know, I, I kind of thought that the team was a little bit asleep at the wheel uh, to start the uh, the game here. And and I thought that, that we kind of sleepwalked through the uh, through the first half. Uh, the and I don't know whether I you know whether it's offensive line issues. I think Karan Higdon missed uh, a lot uh, uh, in terms of or left a lot of yards on the field. That is around um, taking weird cuts and not following his blocks. I didn't think the offensive line was were ready to come out and and hit people. Uh, you know the. Uh, we had balls bouncing off of receivers' helmets. I, it just it didn't it didn't feel quite right, and you know, for the first half of the game. Mm. Uh, I mean, I I, I I would say sleepwalk is probably too strong a term for me, uh, just because if you think of, like I mean, it was seven points, uh, and uh, on one play, like I I always get more annoyed at kind of sustained drives type of thing um and that that you know that obviously wasn't the case here so it's kind of when you keep giving up you know third and fives third and sevens and stuff that's where i start to feel like maybe the team's not too dialed in but giving up one kind of chunk play it's something is not something they you know they've haven't done that much this year but uh it's something i almost expect once in a while now it is the fact that Rutgers got it is a bit of a bummer but uh <laughs> right but between that and the the offense just I, I would I would I agree I would have expected the running game to be more effective, but the fact that the passing game was just you know, got pretty much whatever it wanted and I don't think Shea Patterson got pressured on almost any relevant play. I think, so I, think get, I, know he, I know he didn't get hit. He, Shea Patterson yeah. did not take a hit the entire game. So the, the you know, the the line able to keep him that clean kinda of points to me that like I think they were you know, I, I think they they were ready to play, sort of thing. But maybe, 
you know, I didn't look too deeply into this, but <laughs> I, I know I know Karate didn't lost, you know, was not was not seeing the field very well that day because you you know we saw a couple of angles that showed pretty significant holes to at least get first downs and that sort of thing, and we saw True Wilson kind of hit those later in the game. Uh, so it would have been interesting to say, like, uh, you know, him having an off day and then the defense giving up one play doesn't quite reach the the 2006 Ball State level of sleepwalking for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, so I, I kind of got the feeling, and I think some of it was tainted by the fact that, you know, it, this could have been a 78 nothing game if we really wanted it to be, but given the situation and, and um, uh, in regards to where this game fell in the season, um, I think the team knew that we we're going to come out and play it pretty close to the vest in terms of obviously Shea Patterson wasn't going to be keeping the ball on any of those reads. Um, I, I went back, I, I actually looked at our offensive drive chart, uh, and in the first half, um, you know, the first drive stalled when Higdon didn't see the chasm uh, on the front side of the play with the right side of the line that, that delivers into the end zone on, uh, you know, on fourth and one if he sees it. And, and, and that happens, but I mean, that was a 12-play, 62-yard drive. Our next three possessions were touchdowns, uh, and then we had, uh, I think, you know, uh, one punt uh, in the entire first half, and it was at the was very the, end of the half where it was yeah. kind of the right decision, I think, to, you know, why give Rutgers any chance of going into halftime at 21-14 uh, when we were going to get the football. And then defensively, I mean, I, I, I think my expectations were so high that, like David said, I mean, we haven't really given up a busted play like that this whole season. I mean, even the Notre Dame games, the busted plays were, you know, Hail Mary prayers that just happened to, to work out. Um, and so I guess you could argue that it was bound to happen at some point in time. I think it also maybe points to the fact that uh, Metellus very quietly has been doing an excellent job from his standpoint. Uh, I think Hawkins was the one on the field who, who took a pretty bad angle uh, after the, the front seven had already misaligned and, uh, you know, they got us on that one and, and had picked up a few other things, but Rutgers obviously was also running an offense that was designed to not get their quarterback destroyed. And uh, I, I think we did as good of a job as we could keeping the rest of it in front of us, even though it may have resulted in a couple of larger games than uh, we had seen kind of on a play-to-play basis. Um, so uh, I, I didn't get the sense that they were playing, like, down to the competition, but, you know... it. it I would not argue that they played their A game, but they did more than enough to uh, to kind of keep things rolling, and, uh, and it's, it's our, it was a result that I think is. It is my birthright. Ahead, as a, it is my birthright as a Michigan fan to complain about a twenty-one to seven <laughs> score in the first that, half, in which the other team has not done anything. This team was sleepwalking. You, I tell you, sleepwalking <laughs> through the first through the first half. That's how you know we're that's back. How I'm baby. Saying. That's how you know we're back right there. <laughs> Harumph. <laughs> Harumph. Yes, there was no panic. You know, don't get me wrong. And frankly, I don't think very many people, at least on my Twitter feed or anything like that, were panicking after it's seven to seven after the first quarter but yes it, it got a loud harumph from me uh from from my basement uh as i watched this game i, I didn't i, I just i, I didn't think I, they were mentally into it. eye roll <laughs> i'm not gonna pretend i was like super happy but no <laughs> i mean but no, i've seen i remember too many games where it's like in the four, going into the fourth quarter it's like okay 
Yes, that's true. But what what was Curran Higdon doing? Like at one point, he gets Michael Shaw's disease and takes takes a, a, a gainer, <laughs> bounce, at least bounce, a gainer, bounce. and bounces it backwards for three yards. Another time, the guard I forget who, who, which guard it was had um, absolutely sealed his man, and instead of running to like the safe side of the guard off of his rear end, Curran Higdon just runs right into the guy that he's blocking. Like, that was. Uh yeah, that was. I was going to say, as, as as frustrating as the fourth down on the first drive was, actually the third and two play that preceded it was was one right. where where Higdon literally just ran right into the back of whoever was in front of him, and and there was a really nice hole opening up again to the right. Um, that you know, just just taking a beat and then going easily would have gotten him the first down, you know, at least. And I, it, you know, I. He has been really solid all year. Uh, he didn't see the holes very well this time, but for the most part, you know, he's generally made um, on the whole fairly correct decisions. But that said, I don't think his vision is his natural greatest asset. Whereas, you know, somebody I, like True Wilson, you watch him run, and he seems to hit the hole that is available um, almost every single time. And he did it in this game. And looked really solid and that's not arguing for true Wilson to start but it's just pointing out that you know it's different styles and um, you know hopefully hopefully Higdon gets it back on track these next uh, these next two games yeah I thought I thought I've enjoyed I've liked Wilson's vision I think most of the year but I've also probably a factor of that might also be we've seen the the offensive line kind of wear down people throughout through as the game goes along and a lot of his effective carries were pretty later in the game so that also could be part of it but either way the running game got you know they figured it out a little bit but yeah it was not as effective as I as I thought it was going to be did uh, did you guys get the sense at all that in addition to making sure that Patterson wasn't going to get touched that maybe we were trying to save a little bit of mileage on Higdon uh, in terms of you know my my impression was that we didn't put the ball in his hands as much as we had uh, previously uh, yeah, I mean, just based on, I, I mean, did we like quadruple the amount of touches Oliver Martin's had in his career in this game? I mean, I, was, <laughs> I believe so. I, yeah. it's, it's like he won the, the card game or something before the game. It was like, yes, I'm well, going to be yeah, utilized. So, I mean, Higdon, I think Higdon had 15 carries uh, on the day when, when he'd been cracking 20 pretty, pretty consistently, you know, through the meat of the schedule. Uh, Wilson actually ended up with eight. Chris Evans had six. Oliver Martin had a carry, and I would point out uh, his carry was actually very good. He he cut up um, in a position where on several of the other times where Ambry Thomas and and even Ronnie Bell have been there, uh, they've they've taken it more outside. And um, I, I thought Oliver Martin on that kind of jet sweep motion did a really nice job getting upfield and picked up you know 12, 11, 12 yards uh, in a first down for us. Well, we, I mean, we clearly weren't going to do anything, um, you know, fancy uh, with the offense, right? So I, I do think that, that generally speaking, um, you know, based on the, the extreme vanilla looks we were getting, the fact that Shea was never pulling any of those balls and everybody knew it, um, yeah, I mean, I thought, I thought that the offense looked good. I thought Shea, Shea Patterson was absolutely dealing uh, this game, uh, you know, through, through the air, 18 for 27, 260 yards, 
you know, three touchdowns. He made some really, really good throws. The only thing a little bit weird, and I guess it was super windy there, um, uh, were, were those deep balls that he threw that were uh, that were a little bit off uh, targets. But but one of those I thought Peoples Jones could have caught and probably should have caught. Uh, the one where he sort of had to turn around a little bit and uh, and and got a hand on the ball. Um, but you know, yeah, I think offensively, I was I was mad at Karan Higdon. I was mad um, uh, at Ben Mason for uh, for, oh, for yeah. you know <laughs> again doing that whole sort of like I'm just going to go Physics. backwards. You don't go backwards, Ben. Like like you're Physics, not a Ben Mason. You're not a backwards kind of guy. So yeah. anyways, um, uh, you what, run through whatever is in front of you. Please. Exactly. <laughs> so so if you had to guess this game. Because we had some weird guys on the field there at the end, right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> if you had to guess how I many... Think every pl- quarterback played. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. And so how many players recorded a rushing statistic for Michigan in this game? Oh, man. Ooh. Well, we just talked about Oliver Martin got one. Mason got one. I'm going to say six. Nine. Yes, Dave, David is correct. It's nine. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> we okay. had nine, nine people recorded a rushing statistic uh, in, wow. in this game, uh, inc- including some something called Berkeley Edwards. Do I? I, I don't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, Ber- uh, you know, uh, uh, knee Minnesota Berkeley Edwards, correct? And uh, yes. relative of, of Braylon. Correct. <laughs> I don't have I'm, to admit, I did not realize that he carried the football in this game. Two carries for four yards. Wow. There you go. Uh, so, yes, we, we absolutely emptied, the, emptied the, uh, the bench here on this one, and uh, it, was, it was never going to be close. But, uh, but, yes, they were sleepwalking, I tell you, in the first half. <laughs> I'm going to die so did on you that guys, hill. Did you, guys happen to, did you guys happen to have an opportunity to watch Harbaugh's postgame uh, press conference at all, or or read any I, of the comments that he had. I, I, I know he got the coach's name wrong, but that's about as oh, far as outstanding. <laughs> He's in the middle of this very generic coach speak. You know, they're not that far away from competing and winning, you know, multiple games, and you're already kind of like, oh, yeah, oh, that's good. And he's like, and Rob's doing a great job. And we're all like, who the hell's Rob? Did we look Chris if there's Ash a guy named is the Rob name of their coach, by on the way. their staff at all? There might be, we might be talking about, you know. Oh, that's so good. Sorry. So good. That, or something. Was, you're Rob now. It was now. a toss-up. Yeah, it was a toss-up between that and, um, you know, when somebody asked him a question about the receivers and he, and he answered it by discussing that uh, the wind was bad enough that he himself had two drops in the pregame and he usually prides himself on not dropping any, and so that was an issue. <laughs> I was just like, this is, who's got do it better have, than us, man? Do you have <laughs> any doubt, do you have any doubt that somewhere in his office Jim Harbaugh has a statistic sheet that shows his catches and drops. One hundred <laughs> pregame. I, here, I'll right? do you one better. I guarantee you, he's listed with the receivers. Yeah, and so he's probably <laughs> in the receiver rankings. He For just pre-game, goes back. That's and, a metric they measure. Yep, he goes. He goes back to his office and gets out his stat sheet and puts down zero drops and smiles and nods to himself and yep. then moves on to the stat. Probably competitive enough that in pregame warmups he's whispering in DPJ's ear like, "Oh, you better not drop this one." (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, oh man, the the, 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 the the version. (laughs) 
So I think we might be experiencing a little bit of uh, technical difficulties here. Um, Persnickety-ness. Yes, persnickety-ness. But, you know, so this was an interesting game also, uh, Dave, in in that, um, you know, I actually thought that the defense did a a, a decent job in terms of, you know, we talked about it earlier, they were going to run a ton of different screens, and I think during the telecast they said that, you know, one of the Rutgers staffers said they installed 14 different screens uh, in their their game plan, which, which, okay, fine. Um, But I do have a question for you guys. Uh, Other than just the uh, general refs seeing this go the way that most Rutgers games have gone, why is Devin Bush getting flagged for roughing the passer on that call? Like, all he did was, I mean, he got there in time to affect the throw. The ball was still in the guy's hand as he was releasing it, and he hit him in a normal football play, and they called roughing the passer. And at first I thought it was because Chase Winovich, you know, landed on the guy's knee, you know, after being tripped, but they, they called it on Bush, and it just, Don Brown even mentioned it in his presser uh, this week that it was just like he has no idea what on earth is going on with, with these roughing the passer calls. Yeah, that. Uh, that's one I, I can't think of an explanation beyond just oh, that looked violent, which is yes kind of how that, uh, Devin Bush's uh, modus operandi. But um, isn't there yeah, a rule though? So my, so my hang on, Scott. Is, is there a rule? I mean, well, it's, it's like vague. I think but. you can't. You're not supposed to drive the quarterback into the ground as as like. As, as My understanding is that's an NFL rule, though. I don't think, like, I, I guess they could be interpreting that and, and saying that's what occurred. But I guess my view of the play was he didn't do anything extraordinary, right? you know, other than just hitting the guy hard and being Devin Bush, um, y- you know, I, that, that seemed out of line to me. But And, and I get this is, you know... This is spitting in the ocean. It, it, it doesn't. It doesn't impact the outcome of that game. But I guess I'm just looking down the line, and and it's not the first time we've seen that happen. And it just seems a little concerning to me that you could make a a huge play and have it overturned with some ridiculous call. So, I thought Devin Bush played really well this game. I thought he was he was he did. all kind of all over the place. He didn't record. I mean, statistics wise, he, I think he only had like one tackle, but like. I thought that that he was doing a really good job of sort of flying around and and generally had a Devin Bush game, um, which was good to see. Yeah, they did. It, it felt like the last few weeks he wasn't the the way the offenses were game planning against Michigan's defense were kind of, you know, going away from that the level where Devin Bush um, right. is most of the time, and, and whereas Rutgers was kind of like, we don't want to hold the ball for more than longer than it takes for our players to get more than two yards downfield. And that means that Devin Bush is going to be more, a lot more involved. It's good to see that he uh, was still interested. So, Oh man, I thought like just in general, um, it was, it was almost disappointing. Like, like Rutgers just completely gave up. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. they were, they had, their game plan was not to gain yards. Their game plan was to not be killed. And and yep. so so statistically, this game like I think we're all sort of licking our chops a little bit around this and thinking, well, God, we're going to get a bunch of sacks and we're going to get a bunch of uh, tackles for loss and like we couldn't do any of that because Rutgers' entire <laughs> game plan was literally <laughs> not in the face, just not in the face. <laughs> Rutgers Rutgers whole locker room whiteboard just said not in the face. Right. That's all. It's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say too. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, 
last thought I have on Rutgers, if you guys have anything else to add, fire away. But are we... Is there any harumphing about the lack of snaps the backup quarterback, whomever, quote-unquote, that might be got in this game? Um, so, I think what ended up happening there was uh, they put in the second-string offensive line, and they did that when Milton came in, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and so, like, I, I don't think... So, so, Brandon Peters absolutely now cannot get hurt, Right. Um, I mean, Shea, Shea definitely definitely can't get hurt, but but Peters can't get hurt either. And so if the game plan was always, we're going to give Peters a drive, and that drive, unfortunately, for Peters, unfortunately for all of us, happened to be a 67-yard touchdown run or whatever it was. Yeah, right. Right. It's right. like, like then they put in the backups, and they're like, okay, well, we're not going to send the guy that we need healthy out there to get you know behind a backup offensive line. So they put in Milton, and sure enough, Milton had pressure in his face almost immediately. Um, That's right. actually a really good point. I hadn't thought about how, it, you know, Peter's health is is almost as important, if not as important at this point, in terms of you have to deliver him to Columbus healthy just as much as you do Shea Patterson in sure. case something were to happen. So that's, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought of it that way. I mean, last year, Ohio State's backup quarterback won him the damn game. Uh, yeah. Right. So, like, you got to have that yeah. guy, and if you've got a healthy Christian McCaffrey, then you can play him a little bit longer because if he gets banged up, and he did, um, mm, some eligibility know. problems with that, though. What's that? <laughs> I'm being <laughs> I'm you? being an asshole. You <laughs> Christian McCaffrey instead of Dylan. It's oh, Christian. <laughs> 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 Uh, where's the scoreboard? Go ahead and mark done, it. Do we know if Dylan McCaffrey broke his throwing collarbone or is it his other collarbone? Do you need your other collarbone to play quarterback? <laughs> you don't need two. That's a good question, David. That's why you have to. <laughs> just, just, just something I'm throwing out there. I don't know if that's an, that's an option, but. All right, so Rutgers, you know, we, we kicked their ass. It was it was disappointing uh, that Ambry Thomas didn't get that long return in and that they, they, they had that weird, oh, that weird penalty. It was a penalty, but, like, you know, uh, that was disappointing. But uh, anyways, uh, so we're going to move on uh, then to Indiana this week. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Indiana is not the same chaos team that it was under uh, Kevin Wilson. Um, And I know that under kind of their new regime, they've been a slightly more defense-oriented team. It hasn't exactly borne out that way during this season. I mean, kind of like we've been doing the last couple weeks, I went went through S&P Plus at Football Outsiders and, you know, just the real quick back of the – back of the baseball card stats on IU. So overall, they're ranked 81st. Um, defense overall comes in 75th. Uh, the only real outlier in their defensive stuff, their passing defense ranks 107th, whereas their rushing D is 74th. Um, they're also 91st in success rate, which is the, the explanation of that stat. I, I was looking into this because I've always seen it used and I never really fully understood it. But they basically use um, if a team is able to get 50% of yards uh, required on first down, 70% of yards required on uh, second and third down, uh, and then I, or excuse me, on second down, and then uh, 100% of yards required, or I think 90% on third and fourth down. So basically, like, how successful is a team picking up yardage against you? And, and so they, they rank fairly low in that. Um, 
offense, again, overall, they're 82nd. Um, the only real blip on the radar, they, they played Maryland last week and, uh, you know, going over the IU sites and, and reading a lot of things about Mike DeBoer that sound like things that were written on Michigan websites, you know, 10, 11, 12 years ago. Um, a lot of people were complaining that they weren't throwing the ball downfield at all, so they came off a bye week and Peyton Ramsey ended up completing five passes of 19 yards or greater. Um, other than that, not a lot jumping out. I mean, they, they won that game last week, you guys, but they got outgained. Uh, they gave up 350 yards on the ground to Maryland. They got outgained by 170 yards and outpossessed in terms of time of possession by, by 20 minutes. So I actually didn't have the opportunity to watch much of their game other than some of the highlights. I know Ramsey had a nice scramble for a touchdown, but um, I'm assuming there had to be some turnover uh, roles playing in there given how they were statistically kind of dominated by Maryland and, and still ended up pulling out the win. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, under normal circumstances, and I know I was, I was kind of making jokes about the team sleepwalking, but, like, I would say this is, like, the the most trap game that has ever existed with uh, with Ohio State next on the schedule. Um, I, I don't get the sense that this team is very susceptible to the trap game mentality. Uh, you know, they, they, it just it seems and feels a little bit different. It feels like they're all sort of pulling in the same direction. I, I don't know. It's just uh, I, I don't I don't think that this team, this Michigan team is going to um, fall victim to this being a, being the, the sort of classic trap game. I, I would agree with you. I don't I, I don't get the sense from them that this is a looking past it in any sense type of a thing. I think it benefits us that this is the you know senior day last home game, um, and this is just is not the same IU team that was able to put up points, you know the the last several seasons and I, you know they've had three straight running backs actually go to the NFL. Um, and they've got another really good one. They're, they're, the freshman, Stevie Scott, uh, has had a really nice year. He's, he's on pace to have over 1,000 yards for the season. Yeah, um, averaging five a, little bit, five a carry. That's pretty good. Yeah, and it's a little bit deceptive, too. I mean, he, he, he put in some huge yards early in the year. He had 200 yards versus Virginia. Uh, kind of against the meat of who they've played so far as far as defenses go, he, he was really held down against, like, Michigan State, Iowa, um, and Penn State. And then the last three games, he's hovered right around 100 yards a game again. So um, I, they don't have that kind of danger man, you know, playmaking type of guy that they've had in their offense the past several years. I mean, I think we all remember Jordan Howard. That was our not-in-the-face-again moment when uh, when they ran him like 17 straight times and then uh, fourth and two in overtime decided to throw and we ended up winning because they did the one thing we could stop. Um, so I, I think we match up very well with this team in terms of, you know, I don't see IU being able to generate a ton of pressure. They haven't been very good at this this that this year and they're not great at protecting Ramsey. And so... I, you know, no, I, through, I mean, through I 10 games, through 10 games, Indiana allow, has allowed 23 sacks. That's, you know, in the, in the high seventies, um, okay. ra- rankings wise across, across, you know, all of the NCAA. So, um, yeah, they're, they're not great at, uh, at, uh, keeping, keeping their quarterback clean. That's for sure. Yeah. I, it's, it's almost the opposite of what you've been saying the past few weeks, Mastin, where it's like, 
Uh, I'm not, I, you know, we're not on the team. We don't have to worry about looking ahead. And now, now that we're like one game away, I now all of a sudden I'm having that fear of like, oh God, I hope they're not pit. And like the team hasn't given any indication that they've done anything other than look at the, the very next step on the road. And, uh, you know, for whenever you can discern from, from their press conferences, et cetera, uh, they seem to be locked in on this one. And, you know, my hope would be that it's another kind of efficient type of performance and, and you know, then we then we set up Armageddon part three or whatever you want to call it, I guess. I mean this was the week this was the week of the of that ball state game, David, in two thousand six, right? Week before Ohio State? Two weeks. It was two yeah, weeks. Okay. Okay. Indiana. All right. We actually yeah. played at Indiana um the the the, uh, the week before. All right. So Yeah, and actually not- that that so I, I was going to say, I, the, this game being, you know, at home uh, kind of takes away most of my concern in that aspect, of, like the, the trap game aspect of it, because in Bloomington, it's, that 2006 game is the last time we beat them by more than one score in Bloomington. So Yeah. Is it really? Wow. Yes. Yes. So the, and two of those were overtime games, I think, and the other one, Denard Robinson scored with like 10 seconds left. Yeah. So, yeah. So not well, yeah, Vegas. <laughs> Vegas thinks the spread in this one is twenty eight uh, for for Michigan's given twenty eight points here. Yeah, yeah, that, and I just yeah, and I think the defense more than anything I don't think is going to allow this to become uh, a game. And, and kind of the lack of turnover issues we've seen from the offense just kind of take like you know there's just not that kind of wobbliness that that has has led to other kind of trap games or lackluster performances in the past we just you know it very you know it could happen but we just haven't seen it yet so i mean if you're indiana i don't know i don't know how you're planning on like scoring or, or moving the ball like 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 well i mean no I, I mean that somewhat somewhat sincerely like you know ramsey is the team's second leading rusher um you know we've we've proven against Lewerke and then Mc, and then Trace McSorley as well like we're not going to let the quarterback get out too too much and beat right. us right um they don't have a great uh um uh they don't have a great a great you know receiving core they don't have like that guy that's like danger man on the outside uh, they're sure. like we've already discussed. They're giving they, they give up uh, quite a bit of quite a, quite a few sacks. Um, you know they're not particularly good uh, on third down. Uh, you know so so like I don't know I, I I don't I don't see them being able to move the ball here at least very well. Um, you know against against I, this I Michigan agree team. with you. I mean. I think even if they kind of come into this game with a you know a devil may care type attitude and we're going to throw the ball deep, I don't see Peyton Ramsey getting enough time to to be effective in that. You know, um, I, you know, and, and the other thing that I was kind of thinking about going forward is I think we may be operating under the same protocol. I, I would assume and hope we're operating under the same protocol we were last week, where I use defense can go ahead and count on the fact that Shea Patterson is not keeping the football. You know. Um, and so, I mean, I will be interested to see. Do you think Patterson throws the ball more than 15 times on Saturday? Well, I mean, if, if the Rutgers game is any, you know, indication, uh, you know, yeah. I, I mean, the, the Rutgers game to me was, uh, and I agree, and, and some of um, Brian's charting at Imgo blog has, has played this out as well, where, like, they were asking – 
um, you know, Shea to make some throws. They they were they were testing him yeah. down the field. They were putting two receivers in the route and telling him to go get it. Um, so like, you know, the extent to which uh, to which we throw the ball, like like yeah, I, I think that they're going to treat this thing like a normal game until such a time that it's time for the backups to come in uh, if if we get there. And uh, you know, I, I think I think you can expect I, to see a lot of deep shots, and and we're gonna we're gonna take our sh- chances there. I, I think the only thing that might impact that, and I've seen the forecast vary quite a bit, but now that we're at you know Thursday and we're within the realm of where I would hope that we're somewhat accurate, the uh, the high on Saturday here is 35 <laughs> with snow showers all day. Uh, and it's supposed to be, uh, in terms of, of actual like wind chill, uh, around 20 at kickoff <laughs> at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Wow. Here in Ann Arbor, so um, okay. we may have a repeat of that game two years ago where it had uh, episodes where it was a whiteout. It looks like the majority of the snow is kind of around noon, so maybe it'll be tapering off. But um, I'm wondering if maybe the weather will dictate a little bit. But otherwise, I, I think that notwithstanding, I agree with you. I think you give Shea an opportunity to go out and make some plays, um, and especially if that gives you a chance to get up early and you can kind of put it put him in the garage, so to speak. Uh, more power to him and. You know, if that means that Milton's out there, you know, hopefully we can pr- protect him a little bit better and get him some experience and, yeah. um, you know, push forward from there. So I know we want to talk about the basketball team a little bit, um, but but before we get to that, I, I wanted to talk what – I've gone back through it. I've thought about it. I've, I've almost lost sleep over it. I, st- I don't understand what Mark D'Antonio was doing by giving up that. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, like why – what I I don't get the logic behind it at all. Like I don't even know what he was so thinking. I, like how how was that going to help him? Explain to me. I want to set a scene for you in that <laughs> um, we were we went out to uh, San Francisco last weekend for uh, for a, for a conference for my wife, and uh, so we're we're sitting on the plane, and in uh, in the amazing world that we live in, we have live TV on the plane, and so I am watching the Michigan State Ohio State game, you know, on on said plane that took off from Detroit, so. A lot of interested observers uh, on the plane, and you know he they they go they called the intentional safety, and not only did I go like what are you doing like out loud loud enough you could hear it in your headphones, but like six other people within audible range were all saying the exact same thing on this on this plane, and it's like. You took a game that you had turned into, like, a mud fight, which was what you needed to be for your team to have a chance, and then tapped out in the third quarter down one, you know? And that literally was a turning point in the whole game. It's, it's indefensible. It was, it was just an idiotic call. Yeah, the, the only half-assed explanation you could give is that he thought that was the only way to even moderately shift field position, but I think Ohio, like, I think Ohio State got the point. Because their kickoff, the guy sucked. kicked it out of bounds. He kicked yeah. it out of bounds. He kicked it out of and bounds. Then, <laughs> and then he was right in that Ohio State didn't move the ball, but the guy punted it inside the five again. And then they fumbled the. Snap. And then they fumbled in the end zone. It was so. What a sequence! That, so, I mean, what just a so beautiful sequence. Here's here's my football one hundred and one question. Okay, is. Is punting really that much worse than a free kick after a safety? Like, are you gaining that many more yards, or is this akin to punting on fourth and three from the thirty-seven? You know, like, uh, I, right. like I just is there is it a defensible play in any scenario to just give points like that? Not in, in that a game that's that's close, close. close in a game. No, 
No. Yeah, yeah it, it'd be one thing if you're up uh, 11 and there's, like, a minute to go and, you know, you don't want the, like, you take a safety so you can punt it or, or you know, minute's probably not a good idea. Yeah, but, but no, like, I, I understand you still what have you're a two-score yeah. lead, right? So I guess that would be the scenario where it works. But, yeah, no, it, it like... For all the credit that guy gets for what that team and program has accomplished, you know, in the vacuum created by Michigan's absence for a while and, and Penn State's sanctions to a lesser degree, um, really a, just a, a weird, weird decision. I, you know, it, that's his weird guy's moment, I guess, you know. Oh, I, I just I, I still I still don't get it. I still don't know why you give Ohio State two points in the ball like in that scenario. <laughs> Well, especially in a game where you've, like, that was such a, I I loved how Fox was trying to build that as a defensive slugfest, and it was just a neither of us can execute whatsoever at all. And, you know, how is the Plinko board going to work out? And then, you know, it's just, uh, it it was interesting. I mean, it's kind of, since we're talking about it, to follow up on what we talked about last week, you know, I... Now that the outcome has occurred the way it has, I'm actually kind of glad that it went the way it did. Oh yeah, know, it was because, a no, it uh, was a no lose situation, right? I mean, yes, know, either way, yes. it's going to be fine. Um, yep. And well, and there wasn't anything that I saw in that game that jumped out to me as like, oh, you know, um, the one thing that was kind of nice is that Ohio State did go ahead and reveal that they've discovered that they have to use Tate Martell in the red zone <laughs> as a quarterback. So they went ahead and put that on film as if we didn't know that was going to be coming. But uh, do you know that how at least gives us? But do you know how how often teams get in the red zone against this Michigan defense? Uh, it's a shockingly low amount. It actually. is a shock. I don't have it. I don't have it up in front of me. But yes, it is. It is shockingly low. Like, like I forget one of the broadcasts was trying to say like, well, if you get you know when you get in the red zone, this Michigan defense, if they've gotten Achilles' heel, it's because it's because they they allow red zone scores. And then you looked at it and like over the course of like eight games or whenever it was like the, the, the opposing <laughs> offenses have gotten in the red zone five times or something something just ludicrous yeah, like yeah. that. So You're like, like okay. I don't care I don't care if they you know you know if they bring Christian McCaffrey in the game and play quarterback uh, against this team in the red zone <laughs> they're not getting to the red zone like they, they're just there you know uh, and so. Uh, and and that that absolutely terrifies me uh, that like I'm wa- I'm watching that game and I watch quite a bit of Ohio State football because they're they're an intriguing um, team to watch and and I'm sure. always rooting for them to lose but the, the, look if Ohio State brings this version of the game of of their game to the Michigan game they're going to get smoked and it and it scares the hell yeah. out of me that I'm that I'm thinking like that and that I feel that good about it but like. I, like I do, the Ohio State's not a good football team uh, this year. And um, after you know. 2015, I'm I'm never going to look at the Mission State Ohio State game as an indicator of anything. <laughs> That's yeah. true. That's true. That was but, uh, Dave. Are you referencing the uh, backup quarterback Andy Geiger uh, yeah. game in yeah. uh, in Columbus? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I do agree with the Mastin in a sense in terms of like I, I watched. Um, how easily Michigan State was able to get pressure on uh, on Haskins, and um, and just how much Ohio State still struggled to run the ball. I know Michigan State still gets touted as having the number one overall rushing defense, but I think that's a farce. Um, you know, in, in terms of uh, Higdon had a better day against them than than uh, Mike Weber did. Um, 
the uh, the other thing that kind of jumped out to me watching the game is that Michigan State had guys open and they just don't possess a person on their football team. No, capable of no. hitting them. They're, they're you know? straight up in the so, um, they're in the John O'Corn zone, right? Where, yeah. where like they, they don't have a guy who is a D one quarterback right now playing quarterback. Right, and like you know so. So it there. was. We I won't I won't allow myself to get ahead of ourselves. But watching that was that that was nice to see. You know that's all. That's I don't know how else to phrase it. So. So basketball kicked the hell out of Villanova last night. Hot damn! Huh? <laughs> My goodness. I mean, I sat down to watch that as you as you typically would enjoy a November game where you're kind of like, well, okay, it's on the road, and boy, you know, we didn't... And I understand that Nova lost four guys to the NBA, and we lost three, and uh, they're favored by seven on Kempom, and it's at their building, and it's a dedication night. And, well, let's just see how this goes. And, like, you know, I'm jumping off the couch fist-pumping and scaring my three-month-old and, and you know, mid-season Big Ten form uh, uh, in a November, uh, November night, and... Uh, that was that was awesome to watch. I, it was um, just a, a totally unexpected performance, and I shouldn't be saying that with with Beeline because you know we we should be expecting that he's able to do this sort of stuff. But he just keeps reinventing himself, and like the defense is even better. You know, I mean, it's just I I think that was the thing. I, I agree. Sam Webb mentioned it this morning on Michigan Insider, but it's like it'd be one thing if we came out and shot seventy eight percent and. You know, that's nice that you can do that, but that's not something you can necessarily count on. But, like, we we squeezed this team to death defensively and shot under 30% from three-point range, shot 63% from the free-throw line, and still blew them out of their own building, you know? And so that, to me, was, like, what an eye-opening performance. Well, yeah, I mean, it was more the more the timing of it than the than the performance itself, right? You wouldn't We wouldn't expect a Michigan team to do this in November. That's Basically. true. We we uh, we did lose to the New Jersey Institute of Technology in November. I believe was it last year or the year before? It doesn't matter. Yeah, we yeah. lost to them. But uh, and I, I was extremely impressed. But one thing that's kind of hammered home for me is that I, it's it's become very clear what style of basketball I like watching. And I really, you know, I love that they're good at defense. <laughs> but when it's a basketball game, I'm just like, oh, just make it, just make a shot, just make the shots. <laughs> So I, it's 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 hard to break myself from that from that mold, but no, they 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 played really well last night, and that was that was great to see. Just to, it's nice to have, you know, a kind of a marquee non-conference win, so you're not, you know, sweating the the bracket. I was going to say that's going to be huge come March. Oh I mean, yeah, you know, because that's a guaranteed quadrant one or whatever the heck they call them now. You know, I I don't yeah. think Nova's a top ten team as they are right now, but they're most assuredly a top twenty five team. I mean, they've got two. Yeah legit all-conference guys on that team still well and, yeah. and, and uh, let's not forget they've won the national title two years you know, two years out of the last three <laughs> right yeah. yes. unbelievable. so i mean unbelievable yeah so but, so brass dacus is and i think i'm saying that name yeah i think uh, that's right. somewhat close uh um i thought that like i was shocked first of all I am so happy that we have another really annoying guy who's going to get under people's skin oh, it's wearing, so wearing the number 13. Super pumped about that, right? It's like, <laughs> well, the best part is it's like a Michigan version of it. So you have right. Purdue's version of that guy, which is Brian Cardinal, who's 42 and balding. And, like, <laughs> he's the guy who guards you really tight at the pickup game at the Y, right? right? And, you know, 
is slapping the floor and is, is calling out switches and, and, and all of that. Like, these guys are annoying because they're really good. And not just, like, grit and hustle, but, like, Brasdykis not only shut down a dude who was, like, multiple 20-point games in the NCAA tournament last year, but he also chipped in 18 points, which was, like, holy cow. And, and did it finishing at the rim and, like, he... <laughs> You, you want my hot take? He's better than Romeo Langford right now. And let's uh-huh. listen to the IU fans scream up and down about that. But, like, I'll take him on my team. Thanks. I don't know. IU, IU looked pretty darn good last night, too. I don't know if you caught that game uh, right after. I did. Uh, the Marquette game. Yeah, they looked good, too. Which is good. You know, it, it's, they did? You know, that, that's good. The Big Ten should both, be good at basketball. Both of their haircuts are pretty questionable. So that's yes. a tough call. <laughs> I feel like Braz Dykus gets away with it, though, due to the uh, due to the background of being Canadian and Lithuanian. Mm. Like, there's just enough question that people are like, well, maybe that's what they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no? <laughs> no? <laughs> I can imagine. That was a very popular I'm haircut doing, when we were in middle school, David. I'm I'm just, I mean, we can justify it however we want, but... I'm thinking about a bunch of, like, crusty Midwesterners sitting around their TV going, like, well, I don't know how to say his last name, and his hair sure is weird, but maybe that's just what they do over there, right? <laughs> that's Yeah, exactly. Some guy... Gene, Gene Hackman, you know, trying to determine <laughs> when the crop should be planted is, is grumbling at the barbershop about how he looks, you know. Oh, that was a really bad mixing of analogies from that movie, but anyway. <laughs> no, I thought uh, I thought it was great. And then the um, uh, and, and I thought it was great in a way that like I don't I I've said for a while and I still stand by it. I, I beeline is is just is is the best coach in basket in, in America right now the reason like look we we are we destroyed Villanova like and this team is going to be so much different than what Beeline really normally does which is you know spread you out and and rain threes on your head and like that's not this team and yet they're still defensively you know playing lights out they're still getting buckets at the at the um, you know at the rim um, you know, the, we were saying, you know, shot. Oh, we only shot thirty percent from three point range. Still, yeah. still put up seventy. Yeah, twenty nine. Right. Uh, well, the, you know, the other thing is like Jay Wright is a good coach, and yeah. they played good defensive basketball. They've been like top ten defensive efficiency his last three years. Um, they had gone. What they say on the broadcast? One hundred and eight games without losing by double digits. How insane is that? You right. know, like one hundred and eight games not to lose by double digits yeah, in basketball. Then, <laughs> Correct in basketball, um, and I think they were saying somewhere on Michigan Twitter this morning that this is our largest um, road win against a top whatever team in the poll era. You know, like basically it's the best on the road performance Michigan basketball's ever had against a ranked team. You know, yeah, I'd, I'd buy had. that. I'd absolutely buy yeah, that. I would too. I would too. So did you? Did you guys happen to catch? Uh, when they had the donor guy on, uh, who they you know donated the money for the renovation of the pavilion, uh, Gus Johnson's face and how like just over it he was while this guy was going on and on and on about well, what was, the, you know the cadence was just oh, oh brutal my, it's like oh my god he's not going to finish the story no he's not going to no. we're going to come back from commercial he'll still be telling the story. Stephen Ross and Al Glick think it's cute that he donated $25 million. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, I thought that that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, predictions uh, here for this weekend? Uh, let's see. I think, let me think, 38. 
for a little little bone, Quinn Nordine, 38. Uh, <laughs> t- six. 38-6. Wow. I'm going to go uh, 31-3. You guys don't have a lot of faith in our offense, or maybe you're maybe you're thinking of the weather. Uh, I'm looking more at the <laughs> forecast. Looking at the I'm forecast. looking more at the forecast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I I see this as I I, I think it's going to be a, a pounded out, possess the ball type of game, and take a few shots, and hopefully convert them early, and then put everything away, and let the crowd go nuts for 30 minutes of of game time in the second half. Do you think we're going to play the starters the whole way through? I hope um, not. I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> that would indicate my oh. score prediction is incorrect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mastin, what are you what are you calling score wise? I think the defense is gonna get is gonna get their shutout. Uh I think I don't think <laughs> oh. Indiana's gonna score. Uh I don't know. So so I mean what the heck? We'll say we'll say forty two to nothing. I like it. I like it. I think uh I think you're gonna see Michigan Stadium as fired up as it's been I realize we were in this position similarly two years ago, but that was coming off a loss at Iowa when we played Indiana at home. Um, the momentum and the way this season has built and what's on the line and what's in front of us and, and how Michigan controls it, um, I think they're going to be going crazy uh, on Saturday. So it's, what, I think uh, it'll be, I think it's going to be very fun to watch. Well, we didn't even know if Wilton Spate was going to play. Right, and, I, and he didn't play in that IU game. So he didn't play a, in the yeah, IU game, the, and the, the hope was that he might play. Yeah, the very tenor different. of that game was well. What no uh, <laughs> do you have? Do you have an over under for when the beat Ohio channel start? Oh, I I I think second quarter. Second quarter. <laughs> All right. So so you're saying before halftime we're gonna get now? Do I now do I get to cheat and start it myself? Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Guys, come on, seriously. I got a bet. Seven, three. I got a bet going. I, know. I got a bet going. Come on, now. I got a bet going. <laughs> you guys should listen to the podcast. You'd understand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, so so yeah. So I think the defense pitches their sh- gets their shutout. I don't. I don't see how Indiana moves the ball. I, I just don't like they're, they. Yeah, they're not good in any phase uh, of the game. The the other thing that to keep in mind is like they're not very good at stopping third down. It's just. I think it's going to get ugly. My only caveat is if if Don Brown pulls all the starters, you know, by halftime or something like that, because we want to, we absolutely sure. need to be healthy, and we don't want to be in a situation where we're all saying in the third quarter, why is Chase Winovich even out there, you know, in a in yeah, a, in a thirty-five to nothing game or whatever this is it is. A, right. This is a let Aiden Hutchinson get some valuable experience game. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think so. Um, before before we go, are you guys paying any attention, any more attention to the playoff rankings no. or any good? <laughs> yeah, of course I am. I've gone <laughs> I've gone ten years, fifteen years not not thinking about the national title picture, and now I get to, and I'm and yeah, of course I am. Okay, uh, so since I'm related to my brother, and my answer is also an immediate no. Is there any new? Or no, are there any new arguments that we need to be aware of? Uh, ridiculous or not, coming out that that should have us concerned, or no? I think am the, I correct in saying what I think that we control our own I, destiny? I absolutely think we we control our destiny. The the line of thinking has seemed to to shift somewhat. Um, to first of all, Oklahoma's lack of defense disqualifies them. Like like I, I just don't think that Oklahoma. Um, uh, 
can can you know, I, I think they are a tier below yes, right. Georgia, Michigan, Clemson, yeah. Notre Dame, and, and Alabama. Yeah. And I think that the the line of thinking has somewhat shifted uh, shifted into if Alabama loses uh, again, they yeah they 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 are they're out. Uh, and you know, I think that that's I'll believe I it when fair. I see it. Yeah, I know. I yeah, and and you're right. I mean, there, that's the other argument is that like there. There is something to be said for something like momentum um, with regard to like who you are, and they're still Alabama. Uh, but frankly, I think I think Notre Dame's going to get uh, a real scare this weekend playing at Yankee Stadium, which is going to be weird, yeah. for, weird for everybody, and weirdness only right. helps the underdog, right? So it's going to well. And Syracuse well, is actually, I, I don't think they're the 13th team in the country or whatever they're actually ranked now, but like they've been decent. No, they should good. have beaten Clemson. They, they, you know? they have beaten um, Clemson. They've beaten Florida state. Uh, yeah. Re- I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. And plus Notre Dame, Do, wear your freaking uniform. You, like, like I, I said, they may get confused and, and start trying to play yeah. baseball. So that could be a thing. <laughs> exactly. We're going to have to watch out for that. Um, you know, they, they might try to do like a shift or something and then, you know, touchdown. So, <laughs> So interestingly, so I guess the line on that game has Notre Dame by ten. I don't think Notre Dame wins that game by ten. <laughs> I like I think they have a chance to outright lose it, and it otherwise may be a very close game if they get the same weather we're supposed to be getting. Um, I I think that could be a very interesting game. What what time is that game? Is that going on? Oh, it's two two thirty. Okay, nice. That's that makes a whole lot of sense. <laughs> well, what's ours? Is so, ours the weird four? Four o'clock. Oh, yeah, thanks, Fox. The worst. You know, four, the worst time slot. In the afternoon. No, I didn't. I don't. Well, not only that, but like it's dark at five. Right. So it's effectively a night game, and it's going to be twenty degrees, and I, you know, which is fine, but it's just like a noon kick would have been just dandy. No, it's not like I. It's not like I want to have dinner with the family or have obligations. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Between I also, you know, I I also have to have, you know, I'm a rational adult 99% of the time, but, like, I gave you the forecast earlier, and will I wear a jacket? No, because I have to have my jersey on over the top of everything else, so I have to have, like, eight layers of things on underneath the jersey to stay warm and then look at everybody else wearing their jacket and be like, oh, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. Well, you st- I think you still got my hat, so just make sure you're wearing I do still hat. have your hat. <laughs> Thank you. Your hat brought us good luck last week. I may wear it this week as well, so... I, uh, that that way you'll be there, Dave. That's why you get the but triple uh, the triple X jersey. <laughs> I did. I bought a revenge. Yeah, right. I bought a revenge tour T shirt. I, I did as well. I, I did just, as well. I can't. And no, that I think 90, David, David, that nineteen ninety four okay. ass big dog brim reeker graphic. I just I can't. No, David, it's perfect. I can't. I'll have you know the ninety four team was outstanding with Shimunga Biaka Batuka, Tom Collins. David, we, yeah. like, I, I, have, I have no problem with the team doing it. Great. I love it. Motivation, all that. I'm not buying the damn T-shirt. You should have seen the looks I got wearing that around San Francisco. <laughs> People had no idea. They probably thought it was some sort of metal band, David is you know, David but. is well known for his sartorial, sartorial choices. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, really, exactly. David, who, who are you trying to impress that you can't it's, wear? It's Dave, a, I'm sure they uh, sell no, it in a I'm just willing to admit something's not my brand of dumb. <laughs> I think it's perfect. I think it's I think it's high time like like we've been saying these last couple of weeks like we've gotten 10 years of receipts here uh, plus, you know, and like we finally have a team that's got the ability to to dish it out a little bit and 
Lord knows we've taken it enough. I mean, there's there was a perfect tweet today, not to talk about Twitter so much, but um, that some guy said that like the last month of Michigan Twitter has been better than the last twelve years combined. <laughs> it's like it's very true. It is one hundred percent true. You know, I we, we've we've sat there and taken it, and uh, it's about time we dished it out a little bit. I but I mean it. It's true that we've you know. Beaten teams David, that beat would us you last change year, your but opinion it, if you knew it, you were getting the shirt for Christmas. It literally <laughs> it, it comes down to to one game that hasn't happened yet. That's right. It's next but week. If we that, can, the whole this know? whole tour, like none of those. No, it is one game. That's right. Because if that Dave, one what's game, what's the title of the podcast going to be next week? Though, I, that's it. <laughs> I don't care if we beat Wisconsin or, or Penn State or Michigan State. This game, that that's it. That's the tour. Oh boy. There's so I, yeah, so, and I and I don't care what happens after, until we're there. I that that game is the one that matters. So and that is why I think we start the chant in the second quarter because <laughs> I think 110,000 people agree with that take. So there we go. All right, gentlemen, have a great weekend. Enjoy the game, and uh, go blue. Go blue. Go blue.